Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scarlet Nation podcast, a post-game edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast as Rutgers falls to 4-2 and two on the season. Wisconsin coming away with the 24-13 victory at Camp Randall Stadium. I'm Chris Akonis, joined by Bobby Darren as we break down this Rutgers loss for you. And Bobby, uh, this is a game that Wisconsin took an early lead in. Rutgers defense really hanging around, helping the Scarlet Knights hang around. But that pick six right before the half from Gavin Wimsett uh, is really what put the game out of reach for the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, and it really, you know, was backbreaking because you're, you're 10 nothing at the point, and, you know, everything just changes. The momentum changes. Even if you get a field goal going into the half there, you know, you're down 10-3. You're feeling good about yourself, and, and that play was just disastrous from the start. It was a bad execution, bad call. I mean, they've they've run that play quite a few times in the past um, this season. So um, it looked like, you know, that, that, that DB made a great play, but it looked like he was waiting for it. If you watch, you know, these guys watch film all week, Chris, and, and they see the tendencies they see these plays so you know that situation maybe they they watched it I can't speak for them but you know it, it sure looked like you know he had a good beat on what was going on so um but leading up to that that drive Rutgers really wasn't doing anything moving the football you know uh it was tough going you know first drive three for four yards um the second drive they had a first down it was five for 37 yards but the one play was a 31 yard pass to Johnny Langan so that was the bulk of that drive next drive three plays five yards next play three next drive three plays seven yards three plays zero yards so in your first five drives you got four three and outs and one five and out so one first down on the first five drives and then you finally get the ball moving you know that play was a nine nine play 69 yard drive um but you ended it in disastrous fashion and and we can second guess the everything what should have done at the time but the bottom line is that play really you know it's 17 nothing at that point you know Rutgers couldn't score 17 on them all game so it it was kind of decided there Chris yeah and I think it's unfortunate because you look at where Rutgers was the situation they were in uh, say that's just an incompletion or say Gavin you know decides to throw it away or whatever the case may be you know, Rutgers was in chip shot field goal range at the very least of Jay Patel could have gotten three points there. And then instead of it being 17, nothing at the half, it's 10, three. And Oh, by the way, you're getting the ball back to start the second half. So that ended up being at least a 10 point swing. And who knows, maybe Rutgers would have been able to punch in on the next play. Obviously you can't go back and redo it. Um, So I think that play was unfortunate because I I thought the defense um, for the most part did what it had to do for Rutgers to win this game. And the offense did start to show some signs of life in the second half. Um, ended up with 13 points defense only allowing 17 minus the pick six. Um, but that's really how this game went. And, um, you know, I- I'm curious to get your thoughts on Gavin Wimsett's performance overall, uh, 16 of 35, 181 yards, one touchdown to the one interception completed 46% of his passes. Uh, just overall, Bobby, what did you see, uh, out of Gavin Wimsett in this one? But, you know, he just, it, it, it was bad from the beginning. Um, he, he looked, Frustrated, conf- well, no, I wouldn't say frustrated. You know, after a while, uh, the offense just was sputtering. He, he looked unsure. Uh, he wasn't accurate. Uh, you know, in his defense, the receivers weren't playing the greatest game. He didn't see them, you know, really burning guys. So they weren't able to establish the run, which put more pressure on him. Uh, you know, the offensive line, uh, I didn't think they had their best day. So I just think it was a bad day for the offense all around, Chris. It was just, you know, this, this offense thrives on getting the run game going and and that didn't happen today and and Gavin Wimsett 
connected on 15 of 34. But I think the most glaring number is he had to throw 34 times. If you're seeing him throw for more than 30 passes, it's not going to be a good turnout because this offense is not built uh, on the passing game. It's, it's, you know, it's a run first offense. And if they can't get the running game going, then you can see there's a trickle down effect. But I, you know, and that, that pick six was just a bad throw. He eyed up Christian Dremel all the way, just, just a bad play. And it was unfortunate because Rutgers seemed like they were starting to build some momentum there. Yeah, it looked like Rutgers had, I mean, up to that point, that was the best drive of the game because Rutgers had started, uh, I believe, at their own 25 on that drive and made it almost all the way down the field to score. Um, but, of course, can't go back and redo that play, obviously. So that ultimately ended up putting out of reach. Rutgers um, actually outscoring Wisconsin in the second half, 13-7. to seven. Um, So really that one quarter is what really made the difference in this one. Um, but taking a look at um, – the defense from Rutgers. I thought Rutgers defensively, to, to go back to my earlier point, did as about as as good of a job as I think most people would have expected coming in. Um, the run game for Wisconsin, I think, as the game went on, got more and more efficient. And I think part of that was fatigue. Part of that was just, you know, Braylon Allen's a really good running back and this is a really good running team. Um, but I thought Rutgers um, defensively, uh, you know, made some impactful plays and, and just, you know, they still very much look like the defense that we've seen uh, the first few weeks of the season, Bobby. Yeah, and you look at the defensive effort. They give up 17 points. Now, you know, they, they were getting hit for some decent decent gashes and in, in plays up the field, but they, they stopped when they needed to make a stop. They had two turnovers. You know, if, if you look at it before the game and say this defense is going to create two turnovers and give up 17 points, uh, I think a lot of people would like Rutgers' chances there. But um, And they were on the field a lot. I mean, they were going back and forth. I read out the, the numbers, you know, and, and that time of possession on the drives in the first half. You were at 238, 251, 59 seconds, you know, a minute 39, minute 33. That's the only time that, that these guys are going to sit down. So early on, they're getting used up and gassed, you know, setting up for for an ugly second half, but they still stood strong. So I have to give the defense credit. But again, it's going back to the same story that seems to be have been repetitive or have been repetitive over the past few years is, you know, the offense just can't do enough to win. And I think we should also point out this. It's a good Wisconsin team. This is probably the best team in the Big Ten West. So there's no shame in actually dropping a game to them by 11 because uh, Luke Fickle's a very good head coach. They still have very good players. Um, they're going to be a team that, that possibly win that division, Chris. I would upgrade that to probably. I think they're right now in position to win that division. I think the only team off the top of my head that really would be in the mix with them would be Iowa. And even then, I just don't see their offense uh, being able to, you know, score enough to ultimately threaten at the end. But that's another conversation for another time. Um, but, you know, that that's where things stand for Rutgers. Four and two on the season. Rutgers, you know, taking a look at the big picture a little bit, uh, has won the games that it needed to win leading into this and still very much controls its own destiny in terms of bowl eligibility. Uh, you come back home for uh, Michigan State next weekend. Uh, that obviously is, becomes a massive game, as does uh, Rutgers-Indiana in Bloomington the following weekend, um, Bobby. So Rutgers is going to have to shake this loss off pretty quickly because this is a two-week stretch that could ultimately end up defining what this season becomes for Rutgers. 
And you kind of have to put the Wisconsin one uh, to bed for right now. But, you know, we'll still talk about more of that. Um, you know, Michigan State and Indiana, it's not, they're not going to be as tough as, as this Wisconsin team was today. So um, there is a lot to look forward to. But before we get into all that stuff, you know, there's still more to talk about this game. I think there was some good, um, like you said, defensively. Flip Dixon continues to play at a very high level. I think uh, he's been easily the best safety. Uh, I think that Desmond Igbenosin and Shaquan Loyal have had some moments, but I think they've tailed off a little in recent weeks. Um, you know, so Flip has really held that that position group up. And um, Robert Longerbeam, again, playing very well. He's been the team's best corner. Um, and, and I think it was promising to see, uh, you know, Wesley Bailey and Aaron Lewis start to have uh, good games today. Not that they, you know, didn't in the past, but this is the duo that, you know, we're predicting to be, you know, arguably the best two players on the team. So to see them starting to get pressure and, and, and you know, play more consistently in, in that big, big role, uh, I think they, they were really positive things. But, um, you know, I think most of the good stops on the defensive side of the ball, Chris. Yeah, I think the defense was – you know, far and away the better side of the ball for Rutgers, uh, a couple tough breaks on special teams, uh, Bobby Flynn Appleby, uh, just not really being able to flip the field in the way that Rutgers really needed him to. Um, you had mm. a rare missed extra point from Jay Patel, who's been, I think, pretty reliable up until this point. Um, so special teams and, and the offense just not really able to get it done for Rutgers. But um, you know, as you touched on, this defense, I, I think, largely played as well as advertised coming in. And I think if this defense can, you know, mostly stay healthy uh, and, and maintain that high level down the stretch, I still think Rutgers could win some games uh, heading into the back half of the season. Yeah, but they're going to need some help. Like you said, special teams, I gave them an F today. I mean, that was just poor execution. Flint Appleby, not to mention not flipping the field. He dropped that one, um, just was not a good day for him. Jay Patel, you can't come in and miss the one opportunity you have, which is a chip shot. Um, so, uh, you know, the return game is basically a fair catch fest. Um, that's all they're, they're looking to do there. And, and it really did, the special teams did not impact the day positively for Rutgers and you know like we had spoke on on the offense and you know learned that Sam Brown is still not back to his old self which is why we didn't see him till a few spot plays in the fourth quarter but they're going to need him because today would have been a day that I think was perfect for Sam because he's a bigger back uh, he can be selective with the holes uh, even if there isn't any he has the patience to maybe draw it out and, and, and see an opening and go through it and he's a powerful back some of those plays where you saw uh, Jay Sean Benjamin getting hit he went right Right down. Uh, Kyle Manungai got some yards after contact, but Sam's just a bigger back and, and he could power through some of those yardage. And I think if he was 100 percent, he would have been a big help today. I don't know if they would have been able to run, you know, like crazy on him. But, you know, it would have been, I believe, more effective. But we really can't talk about the hypotheticals. We have to, you know, kind of dissect what happened. But if they can get him healthy, uh, you know, get him back to form, it'll be a huge, huge plus through the second half of the season. Yeah, and I would also, to add to that, uh, in addition to the different skills that he brings, um, you know, it, especially in the Big Ten, it gets to be a lot when you really have one main back uh, throughout the season. Kyle Manungai, very tough kid, uh, certainly someone who can get, um, you know, a physical runner, someone who can really get stronger as he goes on in a lot of cases, as he's shown earlier this season. Um, but you want to find a way to manage the wear and tear and have multiple backs that you can rely on in addition to just the, the you know, different – elements of their games that they pose, uh, you know, just having multiple backs is something that's really going to be valuable down the stretch. So um, for Rutgers sake, uh, you know, Rutgers is going to need Sam Brown back and, 
Uh, curious to see if we're going to see a bigger workload for Aaron Young next week, too. He uh, had two catches, 14 yards, including that touchdown pass uh, from Evan Simon. But um, that, I think, is going to be a key thing to watch moving forward, too. And I would like to see Aaron Young get some more carries. He was really good in in, in training camp and, and you know, had that injury setback. But he, he looked like he's been decent out there. And, and uh, you know, he's a good running back. If, if he can get that Brown Young one-two punch healthy, no disrespect to the other guys, they're good running backs. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, moving forward, if the healthier they can get, the better. I mean, you saw guys go down but not go out today. We'll see how that, that shapes up because sometimes, you know, those injuries are worse a day or two later. Uh, we saw him had to play without Renee Conn cornerback injuries are mounting up. Bo Masco is not injured, but he's out with that you know, NCAA issue. Uh, you had Charles Amanqua and Son Abraham out of, out today. So you, you lose three of your backup corners, and you have your top three there, but you can't afford to lose longer being Melton or Eric Rogers. Uh, you know, that's your top three. You're really getting thin at the position beyond that. So, um, you know, staying healthy is key. So, you know, hopefully they came out of this with not too many injuries. And, you know, you can put this one behind you. 24-13 doesn't look that bad. Um, like I said, that backbreaking interception kind of, you know, etched the game in stone, so to speak. But, um, you know, there's still still a lot of season to look forward to, Chris. Definitely. And now uh, Rutgers 4-2, and two, halfway through the season, need two wins in the last six games to get to bowl eligibility. And the way things stand right now, it looks like the best chances for Rutgers will be that two-week stretch coming up next week. Uh, Michigan State, week after at Indiana. If Rutgers can win both of those games, as uh, they'll uh, at least Indiana, I think they'll be likely to be favored. Uh, Michigan State, I think it'll depend a little bit on how other things shake out. And um, but in either case, Rutgers, I think, is in a good position where uh, they can win both of those games, and they're going to be important. And then you've got that four-game stretch in November after the bye week to end the season. So uh, certainly a lot of football left to be played for the Scarlet Knights. Bobby, any other thoughts that you want to touch on with this game uh, before we wrap this one up? Another, another. It was kind of you know a heartbreaker for for fans when uh, Wimsett threw that interception. But you know the team is still playing better. Um, you're talking about you know a, a, a game defining moment against a Big Ten West team. You know the last time Rutgers played Wisconsin, it was 52 to three. So I, I think you're starting to see some progress. But I, it's easy to you know get down because of how things went. But um, you have to take away some positives. 24-13 against. Potentially the Big Ten West champs when a few years back it was 52 to three against them. So, uh, you know, with that in mind, there's still a lot of football to be played, still some football to be won for Rutgers. So, uh, you know, on that note, looking forward to the next couple of weeks, Chris, they're going to be key games, like you said. Definitely. And if you want to get more of this Scarlet Nation coverage leading into that game against Michigan State, uh, you could stick right here at ScarletNation.com. Bobby and I will have you covered leading into next Saturday's matchup with the Spartans. Uh, you can always interact with us at the message boards uh, with a VIP membership as well. You can get all of our exclusive content uh, and uh, stick around because not only a big stretch for football, but basketball season coming right around the corner. So you definitely want to stick with us. But Robbie Darren, this is Chris Kona saying thanks for listening to the Scarlet Nation podcast. We'll talk to you again next time.